might just drink that because I haven't drank anything, no coffee today. Mm. Yeah, I rocked some coffee hard this morning when I was in the garden. Really? I usually, we usually, we're coffee people. I was trying to get off the coffee train. I was trying to get on, do like mushrooms, like the mushroom. Yeah, fuck that. The mushroom coffee. Yeah. Hey, that shit good. Not for me. You got to try the mud water. The mud water was really good. Oh, yeah, well, name like mud water. Yeah, Yeah. it was good. But then, like, it was expensive. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Coffee's expensive. It's expensive but convenient. Yeah. And then mud water is expensive-er. And inconvenient. inconvenient. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I feel like I would always choose not that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm back on the coffee train. Welcome, <laughs> welcome aboard. <laughs> Glad to have you, sir. This podcast is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than Canisations with Chris. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Canisations. This is Canisations with Chris. I'm your host, Chris. I ain't going to even front. I was excited about coming on today, and I had was freestyling about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was going to do a song before, but then, you know, I smoked and forgot the song. I should have wrote that shit down, but, you know, if you're a stoner, you know how it go, right? I was going to sing that song, but I got high. high. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, look, if you don't know, on this podcast, we like to talk about everything that's going on in the cannabis community, and we like to, everybody from seed to sale, and this gentleman that I have on today, I met him two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. He had long hair and a hat <laughs> and a kid. Uh, and then I seen him a whole year later and he had cut his hair off and he had another kid. <laughs> and so, so every time I'd have seen this man, he didn't have less hair, more kids. <laughs> less hair, more kids. <laughs> so and it's funny because you remembered me. You was like, Hey Chris, and I was like, Ah, I think I should remember you, but I'm horrible and you told me I was like, I remember. I've had your card in my um, my middle part of my couch. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I see it all the time. But I'm like, man, I just I got other stuff going. Yeah, I'm like, I'll get it. there. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> all within due time. Well, without further ado, we got the man from Newberry, Vermont, Dan Primer from 1791 Star Cannabis. Thank you, sir, for coming up. Thank you. Hey, man, this is... This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) What a day. I know, you know, you drove up, was it like an hour and a half? Uh, yeah, give or take. Yeah, a, a Vermont drive. Vermont drive. It's I feel you can't like, get there from here, especially yeah, now. Exactly, but with all the everything that's been going on, you know what I'm saying, with the yeah. floods and oh everything. I know I, you said you called me on the way up and mm-hmm. you was talking about how you wasn't you you didn't you, you didn't realize the the amount of what it was. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd seen it down south on a drive. Um, but my wife and I and our kids, we were away on, in Maine on vacation last week. So it kind of like got a little bit displaced for me. And then just getting back on Route 15 and driving um, all the way west to you and uh, through an area that I lived in, loved in, and still have dear to my heart. It, it was definitely a, a several series of rubbernecking gut punches yeah. that like I just I can't believe how much devastation is just still and also how much was 
taken care of in such a short period of time. Yeah. Like just the fact that I can drive across the state now today is that's really an impressive feat of all the local crews out there. It is. I know part of 15 had watched out. Like yeah. there was a, a covert that it was completely gone. And I'm like, how in the world are they going to fix that? And it, it was fixed within days. I mean, you know what I'm saying? These guys are up all night. They, they know what they're <laughs> and it's And it's another thing. I used to ride like, you know, I used to run restaurants. So I used to always be coming home late on the weekdays or whatever. Mm. And I would always be getting caught in traffic. And I was like, how in the hell is there traffic at nighttime? <laughs> like, why are y'all out here? Mm. But realizing that's what they have to do so there's not as much traffic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they get the job done quick. And and man, they've been they've been working because this it's just Vermont needed it. You know what I'm saying? It's been it's been a time for us. I mean, like part of me, like there, there were so many aspects of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But like the biggest, like wow, was that in on like just the outside of Hardwick when you're coming from the east, mm -hmm. basically half of it was just washed away yeah. and like that was just like so over the top like crazy factor for me and then you know coupling with the fact between Wolcott and Morristown there's a shed and it's got this white line on the side of it and it says like high water mark July 2023 and it must be like at least six and a half feet up Jesus the building Christ. And then it just right next to it says, in God we trust. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's so it's, crazy. I haven't been out that way to Hardwick, but I know we were very fortunate. We live on the side of a mountain, but both sides. And Cambridge down there was completely flooded out and down here in Johnson. So, you know, we couldn't go nowhere. It was stuck here. And as fortunate as we was, people at those bottom of the hills, like I knew Willows Crossing, you know, they were completely underwater. And my neighbors at the bottom of the hill were underwater. So, you know, it's, we're fortunate. And I've seen people there coming back. They're bouncing back, you know. It's great to have a community that is helping. I'm glad that the cannabis community is this in the same fashion because we're not getting government assistance and we're not getting the help that somebody's house got destroyed or somebody's business that wasn't cannabis you know cannabis isn't getting that help uh, i've got a lot to say about that well we're gonna circle back to this <laughs> so look well dan won't you tell us a little bit about who you are and then we're gonna Come go on. into your business but i like to highlight you know how did how did you how we get here today <laughs> <laughs> what a long strange trip it's been Oh, man. Well, I mean, there's just so many facets of it. Um, you know, obviously, like, I was fortunate to have the beginnings that I did, you know, in so many respects, sociologically, all sorts of things. But like a lot of people my age today that were alive and going to college in the 20 or uh, the early 2000s, if you will, um, we smoked a lot of weed, but we weren't doing it legally. Nah, we won't. <laughs> and, um, you know, on that end, we had to figure out how to do it. And so, you know, um, definitely 
made a lot of inroads into the community, if you will, through all of that. And part of my story is that I did go to school down at the Johnson State College. Mm. Big Johnson. <laughs> go Badgers. Um, so, you know, that's part of the, the going back to the gut punch of everything. Of just, you know, this place is such a foundation for me in my early adulthood. And, um, you know, I got to meet a lot of people that were doing a lot of things that the government wouldn't have wanted to know that they were or would have wanted to know that they were doing so they could have prosecuted them yeah. and taken all their assets. They could have made the money and <laughs> made got the some money more money on top of it. And put a nice fancy record behind them. But for whatever reason, those people were able to slide through the cracks where I wasn't. I was perpetually getting arrested for the most and you know i can take um my letter that i got in the mail uh just a couple um uh, like in the last few months or something um from i'm getting a phone call right here of course it's always um uh that way you're you're a busy man i'm a busy guy you're an important look and it's (laughs) funny about this industry because at one point in time like you were ridiculed, like you said. You were arrested. You were the bad guy. You was, and now you're making legit phone calls with, like, "Hey, how many pounds? All right, I got you. I'll be there in a couple of days." You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that was the phone call, but yeah. still, you know, you you know how the phone calls go. It really is amazing. Can, can you uh please fire up oh, that? F- well, let me first before you know. Let me. We're not smoking THC today. We're smoking CBD. You know what I'm saying? Because that is what I consume. That is what he consumes. So that's what we're going to fill the room with is a little bit of CBD. I, I. <laughs> Crazy train nonetheless for all you haters. Why? <laughs> and this is, um, this is a manufactured pre-roll by my good friends, K&R Pre-Rolls, um, out of Ludlow, Vermont, another one of the hard hit. Mm regions if arguably the hardest hit just yeah uh hot tubs you know sitting out in the middle of the field they're not gonna get their hot tubs you know that's crazy Um, just but these guys carrie and ron the k and r and k and r are phenomenal at what they do they basically came up from connecticut and were like hey we just want to play in this crazy cool field called legal cannabis and not having any of that you know legacy i guess we call it experience they grab the bull by the horns and arguably they have the most dedicated and effective and uh, fully involved industrial manufacturing facility in the state right Mm. now i was with ronnie when we did these i had an order in portland maine it's a whole funny thing um the 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 dispensary actually canceled half of the order while we were making them oh that's crazy that's the industry though right uh but so in any case um they can do a pound of pre-rolls in an hour jesus christ that's crazy. That's production, that people. Is, if if there's production. anybody out there listening that likes making money, that's how you do it. That's crazy. He said a whole pound in an hour. Whole pound in an hour. And that's, you know, ground, um, sorted, 
stems out all that um in and then they have this it's so it's like this rocket um shaker that like you know you dump all the the ground material onto the cones it shakes it out and then you take it over they have this like uh scale that like calibrates every pre-roll uh so you know you know if it's on or off by like five you know uh a fifth of a gram or whatever and then um from there it goes into this like tamping machine where it like mechanically tamps each end of the joint and then spits it out and you you've just you know you've done i don't know i think their trays are like 75 at a time so you did like 75 in five minutes Mm. you know and (laughs) just multiply that and they charge they only charge a dollar a pre-roll to have you bring your weight to the facility you know and with the manifest i mean they're everything's obviously done the way it's supposed to today mr and mrs ccb (laughs) (laughs) within that period of time you know you can you can drop off you know five pounds with them and now you have like i don't know how to do the fast math but that's over 2500 pre-rolls that you can then you know now um shop to whoever your clients are your 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 distribution centers of dispensing that's dope well look you said like let's go back to you running with some people you know with your with your crew you know what i'm saying uh you said that you was you know how'd you explain how you got back in this round well so again um i'm I smoke CBD pre-rolls because I'm a sober individual and I find benefit in the cognitive effects and the wellness that the CBD offers me without the intoxication that was taking me into a direction that I do not wish to return. And obviously ever since switching to the rec side of things, my mind is a little more tempted to go back that route and you know it's it's definitely a dynamic situation where i kind of have to like constantly be evaluating my impulses and why i desire to reintroduce a low a higher level of thc into my body and if it's something that's beneficial to me whereas i've had a lot of success with this cbd for the better course of three years that I've been using it and I never feel intoxicated, but I do feel elevated. Yeah. And uh, these things are so good folks. They just keep going out. <laughs> and that's not a, a knock on Carrie and Ronnie's production. Cause they do a very good job producing. It's just too many goddamn terpenes and CBD chemicals in there. Yeah. Congratulations on your successful soberness. Thank I you. know a lot of people that do struggle with it and it's also to see that you struggled and then you got over the struggle. And I do know that it's still a constant struggle, but you know, you're still saying, all right, I can do it. And then you're doing it. So congratulations to you for that. Thank you. And you know, it's one of those weird things where it's like, and it means a lot that you said that. Right. Um, and it, it, you know, I have to offer my will to a higher power to be, enabled to receive those gifts and those benefits mm-hmm. so um i definitely can't sit here and say it was my doing i mean my doing got me to the point that i 
couldn't go on any longer. And luckily for me, this other world, other realm, uh, fourth dimension, some people call it kind of like brought me out of that pit of despair. And, you know, it was really alcohol that was my problem because, well, I like to say <clears throat> when I drink, I break out in handcuffs. And, you know, the the, the Lamoil County Courthouse <laughs> was kind of like a second home to me for many years because they almost had like a special line for me. You know, I was like, oh, Mr. Primer's coming back. Let's, you know, let's dust off his chair. They got, they got, they <laughs> line 227 up. That's where he going. You know, that's his house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully we're not taken to our house, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> you never know. <clears throat> so, again, a lot of history for me here. One time I was pulled over on um, Route 15 going east on uh, the Johnson Street there. And I was basically um, inches and seconds away from having um, my freedom taken from me again. I was in handcuffs on the side of the road. And I'd been at a friend's place. I was selling firewood. I was selling a truckload of firewood that I'd driven all the way from the Northeast Kingdom. Don't report me to the EPA. It wasn't such a bad thing to do then. It was okay. I don't do it today. Don't worry. Well, you fucking. (laughs) Sorry to offend 98% of the listeners out there. Hey, nah, they good. In any case, they breathalyze me. And it's that that critical moment where, you know, um, I won't go into the whole course of the story, but it was a lot of like headbutting to get to that point. Yeah. There I am pulled over handcuffed on the side of the road, breathalyzed and I was under. Mm. So they didn't take me, but they still impounded my car mm-hmm. uh, for evidence because they smelled marijuana, which there was, less than three grams on me so it was definitely enough for them to impound my car find it give me another ticket for possession which was probably like my seventh umpteenth possession charge at that point coast to coast mind you i was getting found with less than three grams of weed out west i was getting less found than less than three grams of weed out east i never got harangued down south actually the only time i rode in a a police car with weed on me in the south was when i was hitchhiking across country out of south carolina and no one would pick me up because it was i guess illegal to pick up hitchhikers i thought it was just because there wasn't a shoulder for anyone to pull over (laughs) but it was illegal to pick up hitchhikers in south carolina so i'm just out there from charleston all the way close to the border just thumbing it and getting nowhere and just losing my mind. And this cop pulled over. I was actually like taking a leak behind this building. I come out, there's a cop car sitting there. I had like 10 or so joints that I'd like rolled and were in my pocket. And I see the cop and I have my backpack and you know, it's sort of like one of those things where I'm less like, how do I get out of this? But there's nowhere to go because he's right there and I'm right here. And this is where the world's going. And so basically, he's like, hey, what's going on? You know, all buddy, buddy, like some cops are. And hey, I'm, pal, do you need help? <laughs> yeah, what, what can I do? And today, it's funny, because as a volunteer firefighter with a department in, in the state, 
am technically on the same side as the boys in blue yeah. now but at the I same guess. time at the same time you know we have our our rivalry we with, ride in different areas with, of the vehicle within <laughs> we're on different sides of the highway yeah, yeah. during the, but so we call them and this is not all you you boys in blue out there listening you know and, and your boys and i don't know in the fed room or wherever it mean no harm. You but think they listening to me? <laughs> of course they're listening to you, oh, man. You're damn, a celebrity. Man. You're That's the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so so right. we have a term, we call it the blue canary because um cops and this I learned this fr- specifically when I was in firefighter school. So it was the, the instructor that was teaching me the reason we call them blue canaries is because they're first on scene and they go into environments before they know whether they're safe or not so that way we know if they're safe or not Uh based on whether they come back out out. (laughs) so anyway that's that's all i have to say and i you know i had a hard time with cops for many years so i still kind of carry the grudge but at the same time i like being on the same side it's a weird thing in any case they took my car they took this like evidence tape and they wrapped it. And I don't know if you've ever had your car wrapped in evidence tape. It no. is damn near impossible to get that shit off. It basically is like putting like liquid glue with a little bit of like a sheen on it. And I had to go out when I got my car back. Finally, I had to go out with a razor blade and like physically oh, scratch off all the evidence tape. And otherwise, I'm driving around with this with a, vehicle. Whatever it is, it, it's the a literal bullseye that is now painted on your vehicle by the department, saying like, "Hey, it, you know, we gave it back, but you might want to check it again." That's crazy. which they continued to do for me for a while. What dicks? Well, I, another funny time, I was uh, actually with a girl in the Lamoille Valley area. And her cousin was a officer uh-huh. and we were at a Christmas dinner and I was probably a little more, uh, you know, on the left side of things <laughs> than I should have been at the dinner. And I, sw- I don't know for certain, but I have a strong suspicion that on my way home and I was going through Hyde Park, I kind of feel like he might have just been like, hey, keep an eye out. Hey, there's a there's a, a light blue sedan with some evidence room tape. You can, you can headed, catch it in the headed, land. Headed headed right your... past the county fucking ho- hotel. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yes, I definitely earned uh, my time in those situations. But simultaneously, it's, it's somewhat of a nice thing to be sent a letter by the state of Vermont which says you hereby the superior court of Windsor County now grants you the absolution from these crimes and there's the list of every time I had a bag of weed on me and I had to go pay John Law and every other Tom Dick and Harry to like get out of this one and uh, apparently I'm not a criminal anymore in that regard. So, Hey, congratulations, man. Hey, you deserve a round of applause uh, okay, for that. Okay. He ain't a criminal no more. <laughs> well, I'm still a criminal, just <laughs> not for that. 
you know, let's he, not. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was still, still I, criminality. I'm I still guilty got of. my shit with me, but I ain't guilty on the weed. <laughs> nah, that's what's up, and that's the one thing. Like I won't. I was looking for that lighter, and it fell over. Boom. There but it is. it's funny because that's the type of stories I want. Like now, you even though I mean, like you said, you've done your you know your past, but like for the for riding with some nugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, less than three grams, and here they are. Let's give, let's take the three grams, lock him up, fuck up his car, and fuck up his life at the same time for less than three grams of weed. And I know it's a success now, like you, you know, it's a, but you had to go through some shit to get to where you at right now. Like, you know, you probably been labeled a drug dealer, all these different terminologies, and now. Look at you now. You're on a you you a legit businessman <laughs> with <laughs> with growing wheat, growing cannabis, THC, fields of wheat. You know what I'm saying? And you out there. That is your job now. It's amazing. Like it's to crazy. Say, I mean, really, it's funny how we go through these things one day at a time, and that the it's hard to like do what you just did and like take that thousand mile stare, step back Mm -hmm. and just like look at the difference in trajectory. And really like, as I was saying to you earlier, when we were outside in the beautiful garden that you got back there, thank you, sir. some very nice tomato plants, very nice cucumber plants. (laughs) I think there's like one or two cannabis plants at the at the maximum that, that might be flowering yeah. i don't know I, I don't look very closely at those things you know what i mean i mean i definitely have more and that's the crazy thing about the legality of this and like what you're saying um you know that <clears throat> when we were back out there like the amount of things i had to do to get to where i was comfortable being in this realm it's kind of amazing i mean like i don't think there's many people in this world that can say that like well obviously there are in vermont but in in the greater united states that feel comfortable sending their fingerprints into the fbi to, (laughs) to then be part of this like list it's kind of insane i mean there's definitely like parts of it that are like is this all just one Are y'all, big is this a setup? fucking y'all trap? Y'all me up with like, this shit. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, but guy, <laughs> you want me to send you my fingerprints to get a job Selling weed. weed. <laughs> you want me to be a corner boy legally, and all I got to do is send you my, this is just a setup. This is crazy. Y'all set me up. <laughs> and what's crazy about it for me is that, like, the first time I, I did the fingerprints, I was, you know, I was just growing just growing the hemp. I mean, you just smoked some hemp. How do you feel? Hey, look, I don't, like you said, I don't feel stone, but it's like an unknown, unknown feeling. It's, I, it's, I, it's known. It's like all the properties you get without getting stoned. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm That's what I've been trying to describe for I don't know how long. And people, when I say that to them, look at me with this like glazed over stare like I just told them how to solve a Rubik's Cube without holding it in their hands. Exactly. And they're just like what the fuck? That's yeah. not possible. It's, it's, so my uh, my wife's dad he's the same way. He has. He was like look I gotta get stoned or it's not doing nothing. And I was like no you, you gotta stop thinking about it has to get me high and look at the properties of what it can do. 
like he has digestion issues and things like that. And he he's like, I right, it won't do nothing. It doesn't do nothing. I'm like, no, it does something. It just doesn't get you stoned. And like you're used to the the high, and that's not what it's there for. But with this man, look first. Let me tell you, I, I'm gonna post a picture of it because <laughs> this out of all the nugs that I've seen, I have I have a friend who uh, grows. I call them uh, donkey dicks. You know what I'm <laughs> he just brings me a bag of donkey dicks. You know what I'm saying? But you, he bagged out with a, uh, he was, he said, you know, doing our pre-interview on the phone and he was like, hey, I was like, if you want to smoke, you know what I'm saying, bring some flour. And he said, uh, well, I don't, you know, I bring you, I got some CBD. He was like, I got some pretty big nugs. And when somebody says they got some big nugs, like I, I, I know what a big nug is. <laughs> like, all right, I, okay, a big nug's a big nug. Man, this guy pulled up. He was he had to double fist it. The handed this this thing is ginormous, and it's crazy because it's CBD, and it's it it. I'm assuming growing CBD and THC it loses seventy percent of its weight as well. You know things like yeah, that. Yeah, exact so same plant. Yeah. Imagine. Me, I, you, you've seen it. Like, of course, you've imagined it. You've seen it. But for me, I've seen how big my nugs that I've grown have got and then how small they've got. Mm. And if this is how small they got from where it started, holy shit. Them things must have been the size of a thigh. Like, a whole human thigh. Like, that is insane. It's not a baby leg. It's a baby torso. It's a baby torso. <laughs> Hey, that thing is amazing. Uh, and like and like I said, like I'm not I'm not stoned. I'm very conversational. It that's the one thing I found about CBD. It's more of a, a, a happiness. You know, you know, you get ah, I'm not I'm not I'm not high, but I'm good though. You know what I'm saying? It brings out the jovialness in you. So I can recall an exact moment in college at the Evergreen State College of Olympia, Washington, where I had smoked a pipe session with a handful of extraordinary scholars. <laughs> <laughs> and we had this all same sensation where I, I don't remember. One of them was like, I just really wish I could like smoke weed and not get really, really high. Well, and, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that would be nice. That'll never happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then today, like it is. And, you know, it's so frustrating to me, too, because like, I mean, this is kind of like the overall issue, I think, with the industry. Right. Is that like everybody's just trying to figure out, like, what do we want to be as an industry? And there's like there's the the wellness, you know, alternative medicine route. And then there's the crunk fuck you up on a 40 route right Mm -hmm. and those two things it's like they just don't ever meet between but they're the same damn thing same thing and so like it's it's really hard for me because like i want to make a boatload of resources for my family to survive on with the cbd all day it's just not a reality like yeah. no one will give you the time to have this understanding. I don't know why. I don't know why. But 
with the ability to grow THC and to like stay in this market and what we're launching here pretty soon, given the timeline, we're shooting for the middle of August, but we're, we're trying. I, I mean, I have a lot of this. I'm really proud of it. I want it to be enjoyed and consumed by the community. And I want the CBD stigma for lack of a better word to completely go up in smoke because it's so critical that we do understand how these different cannabinoids interact within the body to promote health. And I think that should be the leading cause of the industry. It shouldn't be promoting the most intoxication you can possibly get, but it's like, it doesn't seem like the business wants to do anything but promote the intoxication. I mean, like, if, if you're measuring value in THC percentage points and an eighth of weed is $30 because it has 17% and $60 because it has 25% THC, like how, like we don't measure alcohol that way. No. We don't say this is a more valuable beer because it's a 10% malt liquor, quite the opposite actually. And I'm sure there's still some good malt liquors out there, but I remember when Vermont, stir came out from rock art and it was like oh, we got a high powered alcohol in your face beverage i don't know if they still make it because that thing was so fucking over the top like you couldn't drink it was a bomber obviously because they can't sell that in a 12 ounce bottle <sighs> so you couldn't drink one of those without completely going sideways if you were somebody like me and that was what i craved out of my consumption and i feel like now that THC is legal and people can like actually be like really fucking high, not necessarily in public, but in persona. No, no, in public. Well, it, well, <laughs> they can. Yeah, they, you can be in public, but you're not supposed to get high in and, public. You know, you I can mean, be in public high, just not get high in public. Right. And, you know, <laughs> we're getting into the whole you know, what are you doing with your consumption and how are, yeah. are you operating machinery and all the things that we yeah. don't condone or ever will. But, like, essentially, that I think it's going to be a time period, and I'm sure it'll always be more appealing with the youth that <laughs> with the youth. Anytime you say the youth, you're an old motherfucker. <laughs> but <laughs> with you know the what? next generation. And you know what else is crazy? When you said it, I understood what you meant. I was like, yeah, those young people those young always want to get high. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Shit. Oh man! Damn it! There they I got, go, getting old again. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen to you, son. It'll, it will. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know what it was, but then they changed what it was. Yeah, I'm I not remember with it anymore. I remember like the old people talking about how they used to buy bags of weed. It was like you getting thirty dollars. You, you got to pay for. Three point five grams. I was buying one finger for five dollars and three fingers Shit, for twenty. Son, I remember when a nickel bag cost a, a nickel. nickel. <laughs> <laughs> and like now, I feel like we're going to be those people eventually to the younger crowd. It was I mean, like, man, if not already. You pay this much for that, man. I remember, or you, what your your wheat your your THC is forty what. Forty three percent. Oh my God! I went back when the legalization was. They had to cap it at thirty, and yeah. it was still hard to reach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's going to eventually keep evolving. Like I remember working as working in dispensary. Somebody came up. He was like, "Yo, do y'all sell diamonds?" And I'm like, "What? 
what the hell is damaged? Like, I've never heard. I had this, you know, he had to Google it and show me, and it's like THC diamond. Since recently, I've, you know, got familiar with it, but it's like an ever evolving, especially with it being so new. You know, it's not like cars. Cars have been out forever. We've seen the evolution. We're already prepared for the evolution. We kind of ride that evolution of of the automotive industry. With cannabis, it's been so illegal for so long. Now they're starting to raise that rock and everything's starting to come out. Like it's crazy, like concentrates and, and, and like shatter and uh, all these different Rosin. things, risins and stuff, yeah. like all that, I didn't know. I thought it was like, I'm not smoking that brown shit. Like that's crack, Yeah, that's weed crack. Right. But then having to learn the process and how it's done, I'm like, oh. It's really not even meant for me. It's really meant for patience. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's but, why they have to do it. But then understanding the process that goes in behind it, it's it's crazy. So yeah. when it gets when when we become the people that was buying the three finger twenty five dollar bags, we're going to become those people and this this cannabis industry is just gone. Well take I, off. I mean, in so many ways it's already there and yeah. you know, I like I was saying I definitely stepped out of the weed culture for a long enough time to like have it completely pass me by for when I came back in with CBD. And, you know, it's such a funny thing because like, I think like I always had this dream reality where I was just like some, you know, crotchety old farmer walking through his hemp fields. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I'm doing it and I'm like, wow, this is, this is it. Like, this is what all those, you know, country songs are about for God's (laughs) sake, you know, and, and just having a blast, but like simultaneously kind of watching this like other side of THC consumption escalating. And, you know, I mean, another, I'm just an old fart, I guess, but vapes, like that's a whole other thing that like completely took off while I was out. (laughs) I was out of the game (laughs) and, uh, you know, it's like the new high top or something. It's just like, everybody's doing these vapes. They all have these different, you know, chargers and stuff like just the, the fact of like charging something to me to like smoke (laughs) weed is just so crazy beyond, but yeah, I mean, we can go forever on it. I think it's important to get back to the point that the industry is a very difficult thing to contend with when such a large percentage of it cares about the percentage points of THC and doesn't care about the overall holistic effects Mm. that the plant in its naturalness, whatever that would be, because it's been bred, you know, completely to our aims for so long, but in its combined and entouraged effect of the cannabinoids and the full spectrum cannabis that we're trying to like shift the mindset from, is it THC or is it hemp? I just, I don't even like the word hemp apply. Mm. It's, it's so funny that like CBD had to have hemp to be able to emerge, but like even the department of agriculture knows that growing for, CBD and growing for fiber and grain are two completely different things. And like they treat it as such and they make the CBD farmers bend over the the barrel while the the, uh, grain and fiber people 
are just basically treated like farmers should be treated, yeah. you know? And like, that was part of the, the thing that we, you know, cause I was in the hemp industry in Vermont since 2019, like we were talking about earlier when I got in with some really good friends from college and, you know, like it just felt like we were perpetually on the cusp of being accepted. We had to make really strong pains to stay in line with some really like obnoxious guidelines that the state was putting out. And I love, you know, Stephanie and all the people that were part of the hemp program. They're dear to my heart. I wish that there was, I could have them still as regulators in the industry. Um, I, I know that there's reasons for that, but just the amount of like sort of kind of styrofoam rules that were just boxing in around everything yeah, that yeah. no one could possibly completely follow all the time because they were so over the top. It actually, when the USDA came on and, and made Vermont a USDA state and brought all these extra rules that Vermonters couldn't follow, it actually made it easier. It's like if we could have had the USDA program with the Vermonter ability to test, mm. it probably would still be a beneficial thing to do. Yeah. But because they like took that, you know, testing out of the farmer's hands, they're basically like, you know, we're going to, we're going to haul what we want. We're going to get what we want out of you, yeah, you know? Exactly. And that was the point where I was like, I'm just not really comfortable with it. And it's kind of amazing. The sequence that transpired that made me comfortable to get out of bed with the feds yeah. and get into bed with the state, you know, in the rec program. And, yeah, it's just been phenomenal experience. And how are we doing on time? Hey, hey, man, we we good. We good. You ain't. I mean, I mean, I've lost track. Hey, it's cool. That's not even your job. I know your job is to be on here and tell your story, which well, you've done a good job. But before, I know you was talking about before we do that. Right. I need you. You, I, you know the drill. Right. You know what I'm saying. I, I need you I to tag expected. the table, the counter table. You know what I'm saying. Oh, we yeah. uh, this is. This is going to be a monumental piece when we get it filled up. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be, thank you. And the sticker is down. So look, I know you said that you're coming out, you know, you have pre-rolls. And then we spoke a little bit about how Vermont is being affected. Let's talk about what 1791 is doing in the industry and in the efforts for Vermont. So um, it's really exciting. And, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Then ingenuity must be the father. That's a Walt Whitman quote. Mm. We are very disfortunate as a state to have gone through what we just went through. Like it's still really, I mean, it's so funny to me that Irene just feels like a facsimile of hardship compared to what's going on right now. And there's no way for us as individuals to know what Vermont is experiencing on the whole. It's only like when you talk to other people out of state and they're like, are you guys all right? It's like, Oh yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. You know, because because like you said, I'm up on the hill. I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm good. But it's the other people. (sighs) Yeah, and I mean, I driving through Johnson, there was like somebody with like a flag out that said FEMA, we need help, and that just like rocked me so hard. And so, to that end, you know, 
I don't, I can't speak to like how badly the cannabis industry has been affected. I know that I have a really tight relationship with a, a core group of people that are very inundated in the state and just a shout out Vermont roots collective, Vermont cannabis consultants, where are you at? <laughs> they know that things are really hard for people and they're working really hard to bring this to the people. There's this new fund underway i can't say what the fund is called entirely but it's um it's starting with um the the vermont cannabis retailers association okay i think uh there was a vt digger article about it i read while i was on vacation it was really solid and um one of my good friends gabri is in the process of helping arrange this festival that's going to take place at the end of september middle of september on pransky farm where jerry jam was supposed to be which got canceled because it was the weekend after the flood wake of the flood jerry jam (laughs) so um that was um really important to know that they're in 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 tandem with that and it all kind of came about i know it was i think it was the cambridge cannabis guy that um is spearheading it and i remember in the article you know it came from when he was bailing out his storefront you know he was like we need to have a flood relief that goes straight to the cannabis industry and i had that exact same thought process because so we're launching this new product that's a collaboration with a really cool farm over near me in Topsom called Flower First. And, you know, I'm 1791 star. They've helped me out immeasurably. We're basically neighbors. And I wanted to get this pre-roll started. I mean, I'm working with Ryan Sterling, Vermont Cannabis Consultants. He, like, was like, this is how we got to do it. And I was totally on board with it. And basically, we're taking – it's like a two-to-one we're taking uh, six pounds of my Honolulu haze and we're taking three pounds of flour first. Well, they actually kicked me a little bit more. So it's like five and three quarters and three and a quarter pounds of flour first. We're slamming it all together. We're infusing it with keef and we're creating what's going to be known as the privateer mark of 1791 star. And everyone's like, what's 1791 star? So, you know, we joined the union in 1791. That's what the star stands for. That's what the 1791 stands for. But it's also true that, you know, part of what made the union possible was privateers because we had to fight off those fuckers coming over from England, you Mm. know, to squash our rebellion. And Franklin got privateers to enlist and... I'll go into what a privateer is, but it's essentially, it's a legal pirate. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> Franklin had privateers on the sea that were attacking British ships in an effort to keep the British at bay. So it's like piracy as unethical as it is, has been a fact of governments working in tandem with each other for a long time. So it's a really interesting thing. A privateer was somebody that carried a letter of mark and the letter of mark was essentially a commission by a governing body, either a king or a queen who essentially had the permission to conduct piracy in the name of the government without fear of reprisal from the government for those actions those greasy motherfuckers greasy motherfuckers <laughs> you create the rules and then you break them you and break them just enough for you no you don't even break them you benefit. just bend them enough bend them enough sculpt them if sculpt you will to, 
Damn, that's I tell crazy. you, man. I tell you, it's so cool because, like, I don't think you can get more in tandem with our current reality in what we're doing as an industry than with the privateer brand Absolutely. because. You know, it like, how do I get to grow cannabis in my backyard? I have a fucking placard on the wall that says dot, 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 The state of Vermont says that my name under these guidelines can do this. And that's my letter of mark, you know? So essentially, we're creating the brand privateer mark, and it's going to be a series of blends with other flowers, other flower producers, and myself, I'll, I'll be doing blends on my own, you know, with my CBD, with other THC. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But what's coming out, and we're trying, we're shooting for like the middle of August for this to launch, and there's a lot of work that has to happen, and it might not come out exactly then. But it's 1791 Star and Flower First are releasing the, pri- well, I'm releasing the privateer mark, and, se- and Flower First gets to be part of it. And it's going to be the High Tide Flood Relief Blend. It's going to be mm. two parts Honolulu Haze, which you've just been enjoying. That was nice. And one part Verminter from Flower First. And we're only going to have like 16 and 20. It would be cool if we had 1791, but eh, well, maybe we'll be able to figure that out. Somehow. You can figure something out. 1,620 <laughs> units of half gram, uh, five packs of half gram joints. So it's going to be basically in like a tin and you know that's that's how we're gonna and we were bootstrapping this you know we're i'm I'm a poor hemp farmer trying to enter the rec market i've already you know used my investment capital to get to this place which is where we're at which is good and you know we got we still people are still buying cbd float on is picking up some pre-rolls from me this afternoon i'm going to deliver them later on so you know there's still the CBD flower that you can get, and we'd like to try to keep it in line, but it's just, again, like, I can't grow it in a rec license and make the business sense justified. Absolutely. You know, like, I wanted to grow, like, half and half, and, you know, I know my buddy Tim, you know, he's developed the Honolulu Haze. Tim and Chris developed the Honolulu Haze line. You know, I know I can still get those seeds, see how this season goes maybe next year i bump it up to tier two and i do have if there's a demand we need the demand for the cbd to for people to understand that it's so valuable it's very valuable and i think that's the hard thing for people to separate in that industry is the high and weed or high and cannabis or high and smoke like well you'll never get your smoke without the high but we need to also know that there's like true benefits you know to pain relieving uh happy you know what i'm saying that's the (laughs) that was the one thing like when i was smoking i was like i had to remember that i'm not smoking a joint i mean i am smoking a joint but it's not a weed thc joint it's a cbd and because as you keep going, you you chief, you chief. You're like, I'm waiting for the high, waiting for the high. There's no high. And if you're expecting one thing, you're not going to realize what's already happening. Right. So having a, uh, what you said, a two to one. It's essentially going to be a two to one. A yeah. two to one. Yeah, two yeah. to one. Like they'll still, you know, everybody wants that. I want to get high, you know, still. So that'll give them that that high that they want with a double amount of that property that they need. 
and then that's going to, I feel like you're on to some shit, man. It's really yeah. like a low-key backdoor. It is. Getting people to understand. <laughs> to eat their veggies. <laughs> eat their veggies. <laughs> you try to get motherfuckers to eat their veggies. Like, okay, <laughs> I'll put these veggies in some chocolate sauce. If you, <laughs> if you really... I'll get you high if you just utilize these other properties. <laughs> if you let that's, it go to work. Exactly. That's essentially what you're doing. Oh, and man, I think that's, that's what so I'm saying. Nice to hear that. Yeah, I think you're on to something. Like, that's really, like, you know. And 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 granted, like it's it's still going to be a struggle, but yeah. you're going to find your you're going to find that stride, and people are going to understand. Like, oh shit, that I can, you know, if I you mean to tell me if I smoke a joint, my back will stop hurting, <laughs> and I won't get high, and I can still operate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like flour, like THC. That's like I get my strong shit for the evening. Like I like to smoke like a nice functioning weed because as much as I like to be stoned, like there's sometimes when I can't be as stoned as I need to or want to because I have shit I got to do. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we all do, especially the older we get. Exactly. It doesn't It doesn't end. You just pick up more stuff to do. And I can't, you know, it, it would be good to have like my back not or, you know, something not be a problem because, you know, I'm not stoned. So if I could like, you could smoke a joint and walk into a bank without the, you know, the eyes and shit like that. You know, your eyes get. Like, He's you know, making a, um, a, uh, um, a a clam face. See, see, that's why I need to get recorded right there. That's the reason why I need to go ahead and get some cameras in here. So get on can, YouTube. It's it, man. We gonna do it. We Let's gonna get it. there. But yeah. I think what you got going on, man. You got some. That's a that's a smart way to do it. You know it means a lot. So and how one more thing, how does it how are you is it going to benefit cannabis? So yeah. this is our intention. So working with I wish I had the name like to my immediate cognizance, but it's the I, I guess it's the Vermont Retailers Association that's putting this together. So let's just call working with the Vermont Retailers Association. We're going to be co- allocating a percentage of profits to flood relief. Yeah. And our working intention is to get that to them so that they can distribute it to who needs it. Because as we all know, the federal FEMA assistance is not available to anybody in the cannabis industry that was affected by this flood. And hopefully the state has some backbone and works that out in their own way and the feds can't touch it. But I, I'm really weary of that because we all know the states are funded, hand by, hand. funded by the feds. Yeah, yeah. So um, to that end, you know, um, this festival is really important that people are aware of. Um, and Pransky Farm is so cool. I don't. Where's know if Pransky I, Farm? So at? it's out in Cabot, which was Cabot. another place that was hit really hard. And so I don't know if you ever heard of like the Manifestivus. It was this uh, festival that um, this band Tubob Crew would put on every year out in Cabot. And so Dave Pransky was the bass player for two Bob crew. And I went to high school with his cousin. I remember when Eric Sagerson, I hope you're out there listening, Saggy <laughs> Sagerson was like, yo, you got to come out to my buddies, my, my cousin's party this weekend. It's going to be lit. And this was back in the soul harvest days when wombat 37 and all the people from the OG times were just like, out in the field kicking it and spitting northeast kingdom lyricism right. which is like such a crazy thing that that <laughs> existed and that we were there i remember they brought some people out from ohio and they were just like where the fuck 
fuck are we doing out here in this cornfield fucking laying down the law yeah, that's good. it was so much fun those were the old days but so that is the place that farm is where jerry jam was supposed to happen and jerry jam was canceled after being kicked out of bath for being too goddamn jerry jam <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. couldn't they were there for like 25 years and bath was fine that's enough you're that's too it. big yeah. too many goddamn vws on the hill <laughs> they kicked them out and they sent it over the river and lo and behold the first year they bring jerry jam to vermont they literally wash the fucking roads out and no one can get there for it so they cancel it it's so sad but I and I mean nothing's been announced for music, but something tells me there's gonna be like some of the Jerry Jam going on with this festival on the fifteenth to the sixteenth of September at Pransky Farm and Cabot. As are all the details I have via the VT Digger, but I can find them more as I learn them from my associates. Well, look, let me tell you, we got to wrap it up here because yeah, you know what I'm totally. saying. But look, I. Want to contest to this? Uh, what is it? What is the strain? Honolulu haze. Honolulu haze. I was about to say not ha- Hawaiian haze. No, that's Honolulu what I was about haze. to say was Hawaiian, but I knew it was specific in Hawaii. Honolulu haze. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not. Um, I don't. I, you're right. I didn't get high, but once you separate that high from everything else. You can get everything else. It would really put me in a good mood. More like a physiological response. Really. Exactly. Um, you, you, it put me in a good mood. Like made me very conversational. Um, I'm not saying like my back was in a lot of pain, but at least I forgot about the pain. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It yeah. wasn't. It was null and void. It was maybe simmered down. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. You 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 know that's the one thing that we I think. You know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's a good thing you got going on with Thank pushing pushing you. that two to one. And I think that is very dynamic and good for people, especially around our age to, you know what I'm saying? Maybe once we get older, we should be doing, maybe we shouldn't be smoking at that, that 30%. Maybe we should be smoking at I'm not here to judge. TV. Yeah, no, I'm not I here just, to judge. I just know what I can but, handle. Exactly. And it ain't that. <laughs> I can. I be smart. I, be, I done had some, some heat. In my in my lungs before I'd be like, whoa, this is a bit much. You know what I'm saying? But still, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But you know, with the medicinal side of it, that's what I think we also need to, you know, venture in and take advantage of since we can. We're allowed to now. So you're doing some good things, dog. So thank you for coming out, man. Thank I you, greatly Chris. appreciate it, man. You drove up. Look, so look, we gotta wrap this shit up because you know how I do. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I bring people up from a distance, you know, I like to chef it up for them. That's oh, what yeah. we do. So I don't, do you know what we eat? I don't. No, oh, that's right. I didn't tell you. You didn't tell me. Yeah. All right, we having chicken enchiladas. Oh well, my god! I and love I'm not making them. That's my wife. She's yeah. she's the you know we we alternate head you know? chef tonight. So yeah. So but so shout out to my wife. For, yeah. You know what I'm saying Lord chef it up. You gonna see? Yeah. But uh, look, like once again, thank you so much for coming out. I greatly appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing. You know what I'm saying for you pushing that. Like you said, you're making people eat their vegetables. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's awesome what you're doing. So can you tell everybody where to find you at? So on the Instagram, which my wife manages, because I'm one of those weirdos, 
is Fraser Farm Co. And, you know, that also kind of covers her um, botanical blends that she's been doing. She's been making CBD bath salts, salves. She's been making these teas that are really good. You know, she takes she makes this tallow butter that doesn't have CBD in it, but it's like it she derives the fat or I don't even know what it is the part of the animal the the, the cow that she's rendering the tallow out of and it's like basically rubbing like I don't want to say rubbing a steak on your body even though that's probably more accurate I've used towel (laughs) once and it was like it's like beef butter yeah beef butter and I was like I don't understand but I watched and then after I finished I was like man it's beef butter I feel exactly what you can can wash your ass now with beef butter beef butter (laughs) (laughs) and so she's you know she's very eloquent in her facility as an herbalist and you know she's done all this stuff and you know she also has the full-time job of raising our th- two and a half children <laughs> and all this crazy stuff. It was really great to know just how much she's been able to contribute to the business with all of the traditional motherhood stuff on top of it. And I think right now she's actually in the kitchen firing up some more bath salts because we have uh, Cross Molina Farm is taking an order on later this month. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's tough because the CBD side is not – out of business it's just in comparison to where the rec market is it's yeah. just it's never going to get there at our level yeah and that's and i feel like that's where y'all have to be you know the cbd side has to be okay doing what you're doing you know what i'm saying inserting themselves okay and pushing it on people and making making it for a reason you know what i'm saying it's yeah. not like you're pushing something it ain't like you putting heroin in your your, your joints. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah, it's not. You're, you're putting THC with CBD. You know what I'm saying? And you're getting the benefits of it. So right. And you know we gonna have to. I gotta. I gotta. I think you gotta close this down because I got some questions about. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. other thing. Yeah, but yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about that. But. So 1791starhemp.com gets our website, and I'm sure you could order something off there. No one does but it'd be great to get some orders absolutely hopefully it's set up and willing to go and i'm not sending you to a dead link but i'm pretty (laughs) sure everything's still working the way it's supposed to and uh you know i've sort of started my own um cannabis cultivation consultancy so you know if there's anybody out there that's just looking to either know more about the industry or they're just looking to like get a couple of plants started in their own house and they have no friggin' clue what to do or they're just scared. They don't know where to start. You know, let us know, reach out. 1791 Yeah. Send an, uh, a DM. They call them the kids call them DM. <laughs> send a DM to, to the Fraser mind, farm co. If you don't mind sliding or <laughs> into or, said or, DM, you, know, you don't have to fall that you can just, stumble in i think they're direct messages is that what that's (laughs) the dm i don't know what dm means but yeah (laughs) no down mate (laughs) slide it to me down mate (laughs) hey man thank you for coming out man i greatly appreciate it it's been great um and uh, that's a wrap you know who it is canisations with chris you can find me on canisations podcast on instagram thank y'all for listening thank you for pulling up y'all know the drill y'all stay blazing and stay amazing and we out fuck yeah dude (laughs) holy shit